anyway, but Happy New Year to you. Are you glad you're here this morning? Yeah. yeah, okay. Well, my name is Melody. I'm one of the pastors here. If you are visiting us today or checking us out today, um, we, have, we have so many things that we're thankful for in the new year. We're thankful for you. We're thankful for this place. We're thankful that we get to live and breathe another day. Yes? We're alive. We're here. So we're so thankful for that. And I'm going to clarify a couple things for you. Who got the text about 9.30 this morning? Just about everybody? Okay, if you're not on the text thread, you should actually see me because that's where important church announcements sometimes go out. Um, so please let me know if you did not receive a text that said, see you at 9.30 tomorrow morning. Now, I got so many comments this morning. Church doesn't start at 9.30, or I got a text. Does church start at 9.30? Or, you know. So if you're one of those people, don't worry. You're not alone. A lot of people thought the same thing. Um, but technically, we've always started at 9.30. But our gathering starts outside with coffee and conversation and just uh, being together at 9.30. And then we come indoors at 10 o'clock. So just to clarify, in case you were wondering, in case you thought, what are they doing to us? It's January 1st. Why are they saying 9.30 all of a sudden? Okay, so we weren't just trying to pull a fast one on you. That's what that was about, okay? So again, but the most important part about that text is if you did not receive it, please see me and I will make sure you are on the thread to get texts, okay? And then the other thing I want to tell you is usually the first Sunday of the month is what? Soup Sunday, Community Sunday, Name Tag Sunday. What else do we do on the first Sunday? Food, well, yes, we eat. Uh, the kids are in here, yes. So there's so many things that we do this first Sunday of the month, but because it was the first and because um, we knew that many people would still be traveling and out of town and whatnot, we decided, and this goes way back to November, we decided in November, let's go ahead and postpone all those things to the second Sunday of the month, just for this January month. Okay, so um, if you were hoping to get some soup, I don't know, come to my house. I'll make you some soup. Um, but we are going to do all those things next week. Next week is, say it with me, Soup Sunday, Community Sunday, Kids Sunday, all those things. Um, and if you would like to bring a soup, again, last time it was like a golden corral of soups back there. Do you remember that? That was awesome, yes. So please, please, please just jump in, bring a soup. Uh, if you want to let me know, that's great. Um, but next Sunday, make sure you have room for soup. Uh, so that's next Sunday, and next Sunday is also um, Name Tag Sunday. Kids will be with us, all those wonderful things. The other thing that's different about next Sunday is that we're having a dance party in here. Who's not gonna come because there's a dance party? Okay, so it doesn't mean there's actually a dance party in here. We're just going to make it a fun, fun environment in here. We're going to have just disco lights going and music going, and we're going to be eating in here. So don't worry. You don't have to get your jig on, okay? You don't have to know the latest. Uh, what's, a, what's a cool move? I don't know. That, that is not a new move. 
Gina. The Cupid Shuffle. Who else said something? Wednesdays? Oh, Wednesday the girl, the Adams Family girl. That's, that's how I look like when I dance, yes. So um, anyway, you do not have to dance or even want to dance. We're just going to have some fun in here. Um, maybe some of the kids will. We don't know. But we're just going to make it in here a really, really fun Sunday. So um, please join in all the things next week. So today was just kind of like a warm-up for the month. And next week, we'll kick things off. Yes? Yes? Will you say amen to that? Amen. So again, we're just so thankful that we can be here together. And I said this on Christmas Eve. I said, you know what? Um, It is our joy, our joy, our absolute joy to take part in what our um, mission statement is. And that is right here on the wall and on the back wall to be transformed by the Holy Spirit, to follow Jesus, love people and do good. And it is our joy to do that in the new year together. And we pray in anticipation and we pray in excitement for the things that are yet to come and that are yet to be. We don't know. But let me tell you what I do know. I know that there are so many ministries that happen at this church that are because of everybody's partnership in it, not just volunteers, but because of giving, because of praying, because of all the things that happen in this church body. And we bless so many people in our community. I have a story to tell you. On Thursday, uh, last Thursday, It was uh, the last pantry of the year, the last uh, distribution of the year. And so we'll be there again this Thursday. Um, But this last Thursday, we had a lot of food because we hadn't given out on our typical fourth Saturday because it was Christmas Eve. So I expected a couple more cars, you know. And so we actually had um, an auditor come from the food bank. And uh, there are people that come and make sure that the signage is properly posted, the food is properly stored. He wanted to see everything, okay? And so uh, my friend Ann Keys was here with me when we did that, and we were, you know, shuffling and, and trying to get ready. Chris and I were here earlier in the week just kind of making sure everything looked okay. And so I was kind of nervous because I was like, well, I haven't had an auditor come and see this yet and, and this and that. And This gentleman from the LA Regional Food Bank was so impressed, so impressed. And and he said, you know what? I I really wish some other food banks were as organized as this is. You guys have a wonderful layout. You guys have done the most you can with the space you have. This is beautiful. This is wonderful. And he told us about just different things we can apply for that might help, you know, the pantry ministry and this and that. And I was like, yes, thank God, praise God. That thing went well, that one thing. And that was kind of the only thing on my mind that that afternoon. Well, we get started in the food pantry and one car, two car, three car, which is normal, five car, 10 cars, 15 cars, 20 cars, 30 cars, okay, 35 cars, 40 cars, 45 cars, 50 cars. We had 53 cars on Thursday night, 53 cars. And not only 53 cars, some cars come with two or three parties in them, you know, their neighbors or whatever it is. We have a ton of people that come from the Charter Oak community. 
We served 72 parties that day. 72 families were blessed. And so not just that, but like, I th- it, was, it was just one of those things where Ann and I were looking at the fridge when we first got there. We're like, wow, this is a ton of food. But God knew exactly what we needed to give out that day and how many people were going to be there that day. And it's what I tell people when they come to the line. I say, you know, we may have a lot or we may have a little, but whatever we have, we're going to give out. So you can be assured that whether there's 12 cars or 53 cars, we're going to give out what we have. And so I just thought, what a huge blessing this ministry is to the community. And what a huge blessing it is to have the connection we have at Charter Oak in the community. What a huge blessing it is that we have some students that come to the Thursday Connect and their families are coming. We're just all connected in one way, shape, or form. And it is truly, truly a joy a joy to be part of that mission statement. So if you do anything today, if you are joyful for one thing, be joyful for this. Be joyful for this church that, that does what it says, means what it says, because of Jesus, because we want to follow Jesus, love people, and do good. And we are so thankful to do that with all of you here. Amen? Amen. So let's thank God for the new year, and um, let's bring up Josh Koya. Lord Jesus, thank you so much for this morning. God, thank you that we are able to just be here today. God, whether we're tired, whether we are just as bright as a bunny this morning, I don't know, whatever it is, however people showed up today, God. God, thank you so, so much for every single person here, whether they're visiting just for this Sunday, they came from far to be with family, they came from nearby to be with family. And God, whether we call this place our church every Sunday after Sunday after Sunday, God, God, thank you. Thank you for this place. Thank you for the joy it is to participate in the mission that you have set before us, God. God, thank you for every single ministry that happens here at New Song. God, whether it's as big as the pantry or not as big or whatever it is, God, God, everything, everything counts, Lord. Thank you that we get to do every single one of those things in your name, in your name, and to serve you, and to follow your will. God, would we feel joy this morning as we are here, as we listen to Josh, as we sing, God, as we serve. God, thank you for the, the volunteers that are with the babies this morning. Thank you for the kids that are in here. God, thank you just for this place, God. God, would you open our hearts And again, however we came and perhaps we came and our morning kind of got off on the wrong foot or, or, or whatever it is, God, I thank you that we are able to be here and call on your name and know that you are the Lord of Lord, the King of Kings, the creator of all things, God. We put our day in your hands. God, I ask that you speak through Josh this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's say Happy New Year to Josh Koya. Happy New Year. Happy New Year to me. 
Melody brings the energy. That's what I like. She's, she's a good hype person, you know? <clears throat> yeah, well, welcome. Good job, everyone being here. Raise your hand if you stayed up till midnight last night. Y'all crazy. Okay, good job. Look at that. Good work. Uh, we did, we had some friends over with kids, uh, eight kids that were like almost all under five years old, running and screaming with horns. So we did the nine o'clock thing still, uh, which was great. Uh, Happy New Year countdown. We missed the TV thing, but we counted down. It was fine. They just wanted to make noise. Um, and then after our friends took off, uh, Lindsay and I stayed up till midnight to bring in the new year. And what that means is I fell asleep on the couch and she woke me up right before New Year, and then we went to bed. So um, that's what happened. But uh, awesome. You did a great job being here. Uh, very impressed with all of you. So many of you stayed up till midnight. You're a bunch of partiers out there. That's crazy. Good job. Um, so anyway, uh, yeah, so New Year. Um, today, this morning's a unique thing. Uh, we are talking about looking back and moving forward. So this is like transitional a little bit. We just finished our Advent series. Um, We're going to be launching in Hebrews next week. But right now, what we're going to do this morning is we're going to pause and we're going to look back a little bit. With the new year comes uh, a bunch of things, right? Comes new opportunities and goals and and you're going to create new habits and get rid of some of the old habits, right? And you're going to do all these things, your new year's resolutions, And with that, for a lot of us, uh, last night was an opportunity to kind of close the door on 2022, right? Say, see you later, goodbye, close the door, we're moving on. And and it's kind of like for like, because still football season wrapping up, even though my Raiders are not going to make the playoffs, sad. Um, But uh, like in football, a lot of uh, coaches talk about you get 24 hours to either celebrate or be upset, and then you flush it. Like you just move past and you got to move on to what's next. And I think for us, a lot of the times, we do the same thing with the new year, right? Because there's some things last year that maybe we wouldn't mind flushing a little bit, right? Just kind of move on and move past. Uh, but I think when we do that, at times, we can, we can miss out. And in flushing the last year, uh, we can also flush some, some really beautiful moments. Or we can flush some hard moments where God showed up or other things happen. So what we're going to do this morning, what I'm going to encourage us to do is to pause a little bit and consider what this last year uh, brought and what that can mean for us. Um, We're going to do that. We're going to be in Psalm 77 is the main passage we're going through. Uh, But um, I really believe that if we if we do a little bit of diligence and looking back on this last year, it'll bolster us for, for what's to come in this next one. Uh, but before I jump into the Psalms, I'm actually going to start in telling you guys a story, and this is out of Joshua. And I'm just going to read this. Um, we aren't going to spend a lot of time in this passage. I just want to read this story uh, in Joshua chapter 4, starting in verse 1. It says, when all the nation had finished passing over the Jordan, the Lord said to Joshua, take 12 men from the people from each tribe, a man, and command them saying, take 12 stones from here out of the midst of the Jordan, from the very place where the priest's feet stood firmly and bring them over with you and lay them down in the place where you lodged tonight. Then Joshua called the 12 men from the people of Israel whom he had appointed a man from each tribe. And Joshua said to them, pass on before the ark of the Lord your God into the midst of the Jordan. Take up each of you a stone upon his shoulder, according to the number of the tribes of Israel, of the people of Israel, that this may be a sign among you. 
When your children ask in time to come, what do these stones mean to you? Then you shall tell them the waters of the Jordan were cut off before the ark of the covenant of the Lord. When it passed over the Jordan, the waters of the Jordan were cut off. So these stones shall be to the people of Israel a memorial forever. This is a story, and we're going to talk about what led into this story a little bit later. But this is a story of God bringing uh, his people through the Jordan. And, and he requested something of them after doing that. He says, build this memorial that a person, a man from each tribe needs to grab one of the stones from the Jordan and needs to stack it. And, and one, as happens a lot in scripture, when I read that the first time, I instantly asked why. Because I'm telling you what, if I was walking, if I was one of the people who like walked through the Jordan and there's like water stacked up like hundreds of feet high on this side, probably not gonna forget it. Like there's certain things that just etch in your mind, right? You don't need a lot of memory. Now taking out the trash, I have a little Amazon Echo thing that helps me with it. Alexa tells me to take out the trash when I'm supposed to. So those things you need reminders for, but that you don't need a reminder for. But when you read at the end of that passage that God encouraged them to do so, not for the people who experienced it, but for the children to see it and to ask. We have children in here with us, and, and as Melody was saying, on the first Sunday as we do that, we have children in with us. Uh, and one of the reasons that we do that is we think that there's great value in worshiping together as a family, in some of these young kids seeing uh, some of you guys worshiping and being together and what church looks like. For them to know this is part of their family, it's not just, oh, we're over there in our room and that's big church, right? Like we always say, it's not that, that we're together. I remember the first time that we did this, Reed asked me as we were coming back, he's like, what's going on with the music? Because like, we've heard worship music, but he's never seen all the people like singing together. And it was like interesting to him and it's a beautiful thing. So we do that. And one of the things with this passage that I think is really important is we consider the past year, individually and collectively, I would encourage you guys, ask you guys if you would consider that maybe some of the things you experienced weren't just for you, that they maybe have value outside of that. So what are some of the things that we did experience this last year? Uh, who thinks they can tell me every series we walked through this last year? Anyone? Not you, Melody. That would be cheating. I just let her off the hook, actually, because she's like, don't know. No. Anyone? No? Good. That's, I know, we're all on like three hours of sleep. My sleep app yelled at me. It literally said, come on, at the end of it when I, it gave me my score. So. Um, so this last year, we each uh, Sunday we meet, and a big part of our meeting is you listen to someone standing on the stage talking to you. And you guys drew the short straw this week, so you have to listen to me. Uh, but it rotates through us, and you listen to someone and in that time, we speak through sermon series and stuff. And in this last year, uh, we wrapped up our series in Mark, the Gospel of Mark. You remember that? We were there for like a year, right? Wrapped it up at the beginning of the year. And then we went into a Why Do We series. And the heart of that series was we have certain things that we spend our time on, we put effort towards, uh, we utilize within our worship gatherings and service and meeting times. We wanted to talk about and be intentional if we're doing this, why do we do it? What's the point? What's the heart behind it? So we talked about teaching and we talked about communion and baptism and gathering and uh, singing and all these different things, why we do it. 
And then we spent summer in the Psalms, right? And I still remember the palm tree from summer in the Psalms. Justin makes great art, so. Um, Summer in the Psalms, and the Psalms were super unique, especially for me, because a lot of time preaching is like, okay, where's the application points at the end, right? You're reading a letter. What are they saying to the church? But the Psalms, we kind of just got to glimpse into people who are communing with God in a real vulnerable way, in a real real, uh, transparent way. And it was really amazing. And then we came out of the summer and we were like rapid fire with like series right after each other. We went back into the what, what, uh, why do we do, what is it? What do we, why? Yeah. Yeah, why do we do, uh, why we do what we do. Um, But on the negative side, it was dark side, right? Because as a church, we want to be honest. We want to think about why we do the things we do. Why do we do communion? Why do we do these awesome, beautiful things But also, as a church, there's certain things that we do that isn't so beautiful, right? So why do we hide? Why do we collide? Why do we divide? Why do we pick a side? Grant's really good at making it all rhyme. He kills it with that stuff. Uh, But we did stuff like that because the reality is we want to serve God. We want to pursue him. But we're in a broken world, and we don't always do things right. And we want to put that to the forefront and talk about that and what that means And then as Melody was talking about earlier today, we spent a whole series talking about this mission statement we have on the wall, to be transformed by the Holy Spirit, to follow Jesus, love people, and do good. Because we believe that this is a mission that God has this church on. And as a staff and as individuals, we feel a calling to what this might mean for us and what this might look like. Melody gave an example of that earlier. And then we wrapped up with our Advent series where we went through a Christmas carol. And, and we talked about Scrooge and how he was visited by these four spirits, and now we end up here. And I believe in this last year, just in those, those small pieces of what church is, right? A sermon is such a small piece of what church is. But I believe and I know that through some of those teachings that God met us in, in the things that we were going through, our real experiences, our real troubles, for some of us, our real questions and concerns, for some of us, our real celebrations and joys that God met us in those things. You see, when we prepare messages, when we meet as a teaching team and we talk about what's happening, we try to do our diligence to deal with God's word in a really good way. Because sometimes what we're doing is we're standing up here and we're saying that God has this for this community, this word to say. Other times we're saying, let me explain this passage, it's a little confusing, and that takes a lot of work. And that takes a lot of effort, and so we study and talk about it. But in the midst of that, we do that with an expectation. And the expectation is this, that the Spirit is working in each of you every Sunday, every week as you come. That there's things that I'm going to talk about this morning that didn't make a bullet point in my notes in preparation, but they're going to be important to you because God was working on your heart, and he know he had something for you. And we believe that even in our efforts and and the things that we study and do, that there's so much of it that's happening that's beyond what we can control. And so we see that. And if you, I don't know if you knew this, but all the sermons for like a long time back, at least as long as I've been here, are online. You can go online, you can look at messages and go back. If as I'm saying that, you're thinking of a sermon or a note or something that stuck out to you, I encourage you to go back. As a little bit of a discipline, I'm looking back this last year, Click on it again. Remember what it was said. Maybe re-listen to it. Because if God impacted you enough to pick that one out, then it might have value still. 
So we did those things, but, but what other things did we do this last year? We, we celebrated, right? What are some things we celebrated? Just call it out. This could be individually too. It doesn't have to be as a church. Just what did you celebrate this last year? Any celebrations? No one had a birthday in the last year. <laughs> Feels highly improbable that no one had a birthday in the last year. What other celebrations? Anniversary. Anniversaries, good. 44th. Huh? 44th. 44th, good job. Yeah, woo. What else? What other kind of celebrations? Weddings, Weddings graduations, good. Births, yeah, absolutely. Baby showers, right? Yeah. Nope, not reading that off the back. Um, so uh, it says Ram Super Bowl win, but I wanted to, you people. Um, so uh, yeah, we have things that we celebrate um, and uh, anniversaries and, and just fun moments. And I even thought back when I was thinking over this last year, there's moments I can remember just standing around the island like in our kitchen and our kids being crazy and we're trying to cook dinner and I'm just like, this is a good moment. It's kind of annoying, but it's still a really good moment. And, and I appreciate that and I celebrate that. But we also, over this last year, that we mourned stuff too, right? We mourned maybe strained marriages and relationships. That we mourned a culture that's seeming to become more and more divided and tumultuous that we're a part of. We've mourned um, this, this tragedy and pain and violence that's happened in our community and even in the world. We've mourned losses of, of jobs, losses of people, We've done all these things, and as we did them, we did them individually, but we also did some of these collectively as a church. And it's really important as we look back to not just consider the good things and not just consider the bad things, but realize the compilation of all of those things results in the person that sits in these seats this morning that the lens as you look into this new year is affected and changed by the compilation of all of those things. So as we work through the psalm today, I just wanna keep that in mind as maybe we get some tools and some insight and get freed up on what it might look like to overview, have an overview of this last year in a healthy way. So Psalm 77 verse one says, I cry aloud to God, aloud to God and he will hear me. In the day of my trouble, I seek the Lord. In the night, my hand stretches out without wearying. My soul refuses to be comforted. When I remember God, I moan. When I meditate, my spirit faints. Have you been there this last year? Have you been to a point where, where, um, where your soul refuses to be comforted? That stuck out to me so much that, that there's... There's even evidence, there's things going on in your life that says like, this isn't the way you feel like it is, but your soul can't get over it. I've been there this last year. I've been in times where, where it's like, okay, A plus B equals C, and I know for a fact that equation works, and I see A, and I see the plus B, but I'll, all I get is orange, and I'm so focused on orange, right? And I have no idea why, because all the evidence is telling me something different, yet I toil and I struggle with, with experiencing something that isn't matching up and my soul won't be comforted. And I feel stuck in it. Verse four says, you hold my eyelids open. 
I am so troubled that I cannot speak. I consider the days of old, the years long ago. I said, let me remember my song in the night. Let me meditate in my heart. Then my spirit made a diligent search. Will the Lord spurn forever and never again be favorable? Favorable. Has his steadfast love forever ceased? Are his promises at the end for all time? Has God forgotten to be gracious? Has he in anger shut up his compassion? I love this passage because it's so honest and so freeing. That there's times where we just feel, if we're honest, I imagine a lot of us in this room that we get to this point where we feel like, man, God is just done with me. I feel distant from God and it makes sense. Because how many times can I go back to the well? How many times can I repent for something that I turn right back around to and fall back into? How many times can I worry about something that, that God has, has ministered to me and said he's taking care of, right? How many times can I be stuck in all this anxiety? If I was God, I'd be, I'd be sick of me too, right? I'd, I'd be given up at this point. And so we feel this and we experience this. And my hope is in this passage that, that it frees some of you to realize that this is a real place to be as the psalmist is here. And it's also an okay place to be. Because for a lot of us in this, in this room, if you've been in church in a while, if, if, we have, if these are questions, right? Uh, has his steadfast love forever ceased? We'd be like, no, of course, Josh, it says steadfast love. It can't cease, right? Like that's not true. It's not happening or, or has God forgotten to be great? God doesn't forget things, right? So logically, doctrinally, scripturally, we know the answer to these questions. But what I want to say as we review this year is that there's a real place to be where we can know logically and doctrinally and scripturally the answer to these questions and yet feel the pain of feeling distant from God. That we can sit in that tension of saying, yeah, I, I know God doesn't forget things, but I feel forgotten, I know God's love is steadfast, but I feel so distant from it. And I want you to feel freedom and a sense of okay in being in that spot if you have been or you are. But also I love this passage because it's so pragmatic and gives us tools because what I believe is that it's okay to be in that spot, but it's a devastating place to be. And that's not the life that God wants for us. That's not the life I want for us. And I think there's tools here where we can move past that. You read into the next verses, it says, then I said, I will appeal to this, to the years of the right hand of the Most High. I will remember the deeds of the Lord. Yes, I will remember your wonders of old. I will ponder all your work and meditate on your mighty deeds. So what it says is I can feel distant from God. I can question these things about God, his presence, his grace, his mercy, all of these things. But there's something I can do about it. I don't have to be stuck there. And so the psalmist in searching for something looks back and says, well, I can point to things that I have seen God do. Here in this room, I would hope for you guys that you look back on this year and you can point, oh man, God, you showed up there. I didn't know it at the time maybe, but I look back and you were there. 
and you showed up, and maybe you're new to this faith thing, or maybe uh, you just don't have those things that pop in your mind, and we're gonna talk about that and what to do with that in a second. But for a lot of you, you can look back, and maybe you feel distant from God, but at the same time say, I've seen you here, I've seen you here, I've seen you do this. So we have tools, and then it goes on to say in verse 13, your way, O God, is holy. What God is great like our God? You are the God who works wonders. You have made known your might among the people. You, with your arm, redeemed your people, the children of Jacob and Joseph. So not only can you you point to the times where you saw God show up this last year, you can just proclaim things that are true about God, right? God, you are redeemer. God, you are powerful. Your works are mighty, that these are tools that we can have if we're sitting in this. And I want to be clear, though. These aren't tools to dig you out of this this sinful, bad, gross mindset of feeling distant from God, because that's not what it's saying. Because it's okay to be there. But it's tools to say that God has a life of abundance for you. He has something more for you. He doesn't want you to stay there. So here's some things that we can do to move and progress past that. And I'm bringing this up because if we really do take a survey of the last year, most likely we're going to run into seeing and remembering some of these really difficult times. Verse 16 says, when the waters, when the waters saw you, O God, <clears throat> when the waters saw you, they were afraid. Indeed, the deep trembled. The clouds poured out water. The skies gave forth thunder and your arrows flashed on every side. The crash of your thunder was in a whirlwind. Your lightning lighted up the world and the earth trembled and shook. So the psalmist, and this is very poetic, and this is the fun thing about the psalms, is as he's trying to figure out what to do with these feelings, this tension that he's in, pointing to the things that God has done in his life, pointing to the truth about who God is, He found himself coming to to this reality that God is even over the most powerful things we can experience, the sea, the thunder, the lightning, that that those things respond to the presence of God. And he's taking encouragement in that. I know I feel distant to God, but even if the most powerful things I can imagine respond to God, he must be close, he must be near. These last two verses are really important as we process. And, and you got a handout uh, in your um, bulletin this morning, in your worship guide. Uh, I'm going to address that in a little bit, so you might want to get that. Um, but these last verses say this. In verse 19, it says, your way was through the sea, your path through the great waters, yet your footprints were unseen. You led your people like a flock by the hand of Moses and Aaron. Your ways were unseen. I told you a story before where God is saying, build a memory, a memorial to what I did for you this day. Now, when Moses and Aaron were leading God's people, when Moses saw the injustice of of God's chosen people were set apart, being treated as less than people, and in his mind, he thought, there's, there's got to be more than this. There's got to be something else that can happen. And he created this roadmap, right? Like, 
we're getting out of here. This isn't gonna be how it is. When he thought about that, I'm pretty sure that road didn't lead him into a huge body of water, right? He probably had a different route to go to freedom. But he followed God and he ended up running into that water because God's way is the way through the sea. His path is the path through the great waters. That God... As, as we look back in this year, and it's easier, hindsight's always twenty twenty, right? It's easier to look back on this year and maybe point out ways that God has led you through the waters. That God has led you through something that you wouldn't have chosen on your own. And it's really important to remember that because my guess is there's gonna be more waters there's gonna be maybe a goalie or a mountain or a barbed wire fence. I don't know. We're gonna run into something in the future. And there's gonna be a time where we're faced with it and we're standing there and we're like, you know what? My path says go around the barbed wire because it's pokey and it's gonna hurt me. And God's like, no, I got you. I'll take care of this. This seemingly insurmountable thing that's in front of you, I got it. But it's a lot harder to trust that if we don't spend some time and do some diligence in remembering the ways that God has already been faithful and looking at the stones that he asked us to place to remember that. You have a, a thing in your worship guide and it's questions. And on those questions, um, these are questions that uh, aren't, like religious or anything specific. Lindsay and I actually did this on our car ride back from Susanville. We worked through these questions. Could you bring the questions up? Because I need them for, thank you. Um, so this is a list of questions and this is my ask for you. Is that sometime today, if you have tomorrow off, maybe tomorrow, take some time and fill these out. There should be space for you to really fill out all these questions that are on that sheet. To kind of do an overview of what's, what happened in this last year. And, and I love that these questions aren't specifically religious. And the reason that I like that is because that the moment there's that type of wording, we go into a mode, right? You know, like how things that you're proud of, how, how has God shown your gifts to be fruitful this year? If you say it like that, you kind of go into a mode, right? And you're responding how you feel like you should. But if you just honestly answer things that you're proud of and you write that down and you look back, my guess is there's gonna be a piece of that that you're like, I was scared to do this. I didn't know. I trusted in it. This person came beside me. God, you gave me everything I needed and I didn't know that was gonna be that, right? Like we can see God in these things without forcing it. So I encourage you to write that down. And if you're looking back and you're having a hard time, I said before that some of you might have a hard time looking back and seeing those moments where God showed up. If you don't know or you don't have those or you're not capable of doing that, maybe you're early in your faith journey, maybe your mind's never thought that way, that's completely fine. Because in the same way that the stones that were placed were not for the people who experienced walking through the Jordan, you have resources as well. Church, those of you who've been following God for a while, your life is one of those stones. 
that if you don't know what that looks like, ask someone who's sitting in these chairs next to you. And if you're asked, let me encourage you with something. If someone asks you what it looks like to see God show up, they aren't asking for systematic theology or doctrine or all this list of things and scripture verses. What they're simply asking is for you to share the experience that you had with God. The experience that they had, man, we were stuck. We were gonna die. These people were coming to kill us. The waters opened up. It was like we walked in. We were hoping we weren't gonna drown, right? Like that's all they shared. They didn't have this crazy theology behind it. They're like, this was insane. God showed up. And that's all that's being asked of you. We did, um, when I was younger in high school, we did a thing called 30 Hardest Days. And it's this little devotional uh, for students. And one of the things that you have to do at the very beginning is build an altar. Um, and you put it in your house somewhere. And uh, it was stones. It's supposed to remind you all the time, like, hey, you're on, this mi- you're on this journey, all this type of stuff. So what I'm gonna ask you guys to do is, with that, after you fill those things out, At some point, like at home or whatever, find a rock, maybe a decent-sized one, fold up that paper, put it somewhere you'll see it. Just place it somewhere and put the rock on top of it. And from experience, this is what's gonna happen. You're gonna place it there, and it's gonna be a memory stone, right? That's what it was for them, like a memory stone type thing. And within two days, you're gonna not even see it anymore. It's gonna become invisible. You're just completely disregard it. Because that's what we do, right? It just becomes normal. But this is what I believe that will happen. There will be a day, maybe something's going on, maybe something uh, happens in your life where God draws your attention to it. And maybe that's because something hard is happening. Maybe that's because something good is happening. But when he does, take time. Maybe it's simply considering what you wrote down. Maybe it's rereading it. Maybe it's answering the question anew in the stage that you are. And the reason I'm encouraging you to do this is because for some of you, we need this memory. We need to bolster what's going on and what's in our future. But for some of you, you're stones. Your life is the very thing that someone's going to look at and say, hey, explain this to me. I know what you're going through. It doesn't make sense. Tell me how this makes sense. And you're going to have an opportunity to share. And that becomes a lot easier or if we put some effort into thinking about that beforehand. So we're gonna start communion in a little bit. Um, So if the worship team would come up. Uh, And as we start communion, there's something that's represented in communion that really, I think, plays to the last question in uh, this list of questions. There's three words to describe today's version of myself. Now, when we did this uh, in the car ride, this one was really, really hard for me, that there was three words to describe a version of yourself. And, and it's hard because I'm kind of an overthinker. I'm like, I think of a word, I'm like, no, that's not good. What about, you know, so I'm just like overthinking it. That doesn't help. But Another thing is, as I thought of words, and I was going through a list of words and words and words, most of the words that were coming up were negative. Which for me, I'm a relatively positive person normally. So I was like, well, that's not good. All my words for myself aren't great. Don't love that. But I would come up with these these negative words. And and in my mind, I'm like, well, I have to have at least one good one, right? There's got to be some balance there or something. 
But that's not the point of this. The point of this is no one else even has to see it. It's just you being honest. Because this is what I believe. I believe that God doesn't need you to be in a space where you just trust him all the time and everything's fine. That God's okay with you struggling and having a question and being unsure. Looking back on this year and being frustrated by something. Why? Why did that happen? That God's okay with you being in process. Because one of the words, I'll share one of my three with you because otherwise I'm just gonna share a bunch of negative words. One of my three, uh, one of my three words was um, unsure. And I was very uncomfortable with that word. Because as a pastor, I'm not allowed to be, I'm not shouldn't be unsure, right? There's a faith thing, a certain amount of it I'm supposed to have and like faith gives you assuredness and so I should be good to go. So unsure didn't seem like a fitting word. Same thing as, as a husband, right? I'm supposed to be stable. As a father, unsure didn't seem like an okay word, an okay place to be. And I was very hesitant to even bring it up as one of my words as we were talking. But that's a reality. That's a word that came up over and over for me. And I have to believe because of what we're about to celebrate that it's not my job to be in a place where I always have the answers and where I'm always sure of what's to come and I am always know the path and where it's gonna go and how I'm gonna get there. I have too much evidence in my life and too much evidence in reading scripture that it's probably not gonna pan out that way. But there's something I can have assuredness in and that's I'm surrounded by a group of people who love me and care about me. And when I hit the wall or the water, or rock bottom, or whatever that is, that there's people who will be there and be stones for me and remind me of God's faithfulness and encourage me through that time. So even in my being unsure, I can have assuredness. So Chinese, will you guys come forward? As we um, prepare to take communion, and you guys come up in a second, if you wouldn't mind just looking down at those questions and maybe even as simple as the last one, you can just hone in on the last one if you want or just pick one. But as you're coming up to grab communion in that time that it takes you to grab it, bring it back, we'll take it all together. Um, be thinking about the answer to that question. Be honest with yourself of what that looks like or what that means or, or what that is for you in this last year. And then I'll lead us through our time of communion after that. So go ahead. There's some, they're in the front and back. You can head to either of the stations. And we'll do that now. And watching Reed come up. Grab communion, have no idea what he's doing. He looks super confused. He's like, I don't know what's going on. <laughs> Realizing that that's a piece of it. That there's people in this room for him that might need to be that stone, right? There's kiddos in this room that are gonna go through some things that aren't gonna have history and years with God to point back on. And what we proclaim with this is a new covenant, a new covenant that makes it possible for not us to have just a relationship with God, but for us to proclaim 
a unity in this community that God's blessed us with. That we invest in it. That even in our brokenness, we're willing to say, hey, imitate me as I imitate Christ. It's a crazy thing to say. And we get to do that because Jesus, when he was sitting with his disciples during Passover, he took the bread and said, this is my body given for you. Let's take the bread And later, <clears throat> he took the cup. And again, this is such a repetitive thing and we do it over and over, but it means so much. Because when he said this cup is the new covenant, what he was saying is there's a new way that I'm interacting with my people. There's a new way that I get to be a God to you that I get to do that hands-on, that I talk about the Spirit working in you guys as you come each Sunday, that the Spirit's also working through you. It's a cheesy thing to say, but people talk about the only Bible that some people ever read is your life. The only way that some people experience God is through you being loving and caring, even in your brokenness. And the only way we can do that with confidence is because of what Jesus did for us first. So he took the uh, cup and he said, this is a new covenant poured out in my blood. Let's take the cup. God, I just thank you. I thank you for a new year. For the opportunity for so much potential for all the things that are ahead. God, even as I say that, there's, there's moments there of, of anxiety and fear in that because there's so much unknown, but I thank you so much that we don't have to do it alone. God, I thank you that you are with us, that just as we took communion, we're proclaiming a, a connection with you because of what you've done, but we're also pr- proclaiming a connection into this community that you've placed us in. Lord, I pray that any, every person in this room would know that they are seen, that they are known, that they are loved, and that they would take a risk of sharing their life with other people in this room, moving from the darkness to the light, feeling and experiencing the fact that it's okay to not be okay. And so, Lord, as unsure as I feel, I just thank you that I can have assuredness in the community that you have blessed me with, in the love that you have shown me, and in the truth of who you are. We give these things to you in your name. Amen.